Hello, everyone, and welcome. We're getting ready to talk. Georgia Tech loses to Ole Miss 48-23. to Thanks so much for tuning in here on the Crowded Booth. Episode of Swarm Talk, live edition here on a Saturday night, a little post-game cast. You can see uh, the hair is fresh from a trip from starting Vegas. Looking back on it, looking back on it, I should have just driven from Starkville to Oxford. Like, I, that's that's what I should have done. I don't know the distance between it. Um, I don't think it's very far. Like, it's a, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I got stats and info there behind me with Ralph. But, hey, appreciate you so much for tuning in. We're going to kind of recap this game. Just instant off-the-cuff reactions. I want your comments. I want your concerns. I want your questions. No phone lines open tonight. But we want to uh, hear from you over the next 30 minutes or so talking about this ball game. Uh, let's start here as we kind of get ready to go. And, Andy, hello to you. Appreciate you tuning in, being a loyal part as well. Uh, hour 50, Ralph? Uh, yeah, should have made the drive um, after LSU just throttled Mississippi State. Anyways, let's talk. Let's have some good conversation. Ralph is going to star a couple of the comments that we'll feature. Um, let's try to keep them PG or they will not. Um, yeah, Maxwell, can't wait to meet with you. But I don't think so. I don't think it's time to fire Thacker. Not, maybe not right now. But uh, we'll, we're going to talk about this. Uh, this game as a whole. Very interesting ball game. And I think that, look, we can start with this. The defense is a concern. Coming out of South Carolina State, uh, you knew that defensively this group needed some help. They needed to be uh, overall just just better, just just better. They just needed to be more sound, needed gap sound, assignment sound football. And that's something we talked about in the preview show there on Thursday night is that this group needed it. Um, you know, we got the Discord popping off in the background, and I got that in my ear. And, Ralph, you can just keep the comments rolling. Like, we'll answer some of them, but you can just, you know, you can just let them, let them roll with whatever you want to do. Overall, you look at this uh, this right here, Ole Miss, 9.8 yards per play. You're giving up 9.8 yards per play for Georgia Tech's defense. My boy, Justin Klingle, Ralph needs to start for Georgia Tech defensive line. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, 9.8 yards per play, you're not going to win against anybody doing that. And look, you were able to have talent win out last weekend against South Carolina State defensively. It was able to take over for you. But, but I'll tell you this, you can't get away with things like this against teams that, one, are as good as you or even better. And Ole Miss, look, let's just let's just call it for what it is. And this might make folks a little upset, uh, but it's the cold, hard truth. And they're just a better football team than you right now. They're, they're a better program. They're more advanced in what they do, advanced in their identity, more along the tracks of what they do. And that's just what they do. Kind of looking at a couple of stats as well. Um, average yards per completion, Ole Miss hit on explosive plays, 25.1. 
Um, you know, tech eleven point one average yards per rush three point six to me to feel to feel good. I think that you got to get closer. You got to get closer to at least four yards per carry. If you're picking up four yards per carry, more in the four and a half range, you're going to go win a football game. Eight point one yards per carry um, for the Ole Miss Rebels. And uh, total plays, Tech ran 89, Ole Miss ran 56. Now, third down conversions, Ole Miss finishes 5 of 10. Georgia Tech finishes 11 of 20 uh, in this one. Penalty-wise, Tech called for no penalties. Uh, Ole Miss, 5 penalties, 40 yards. So the questions about um, the, the, the refereeing in this game, look, I, I don't. I, I feel like this is a game where it was fairly – this would be an unpopular opinion – it was fairly just kind of – they didn't really call like penalties a lot. To call five penalties the entire game is really just referees kind of keeping the whistle, you know, uh, you know, not really blowing the whistle. So I think, you know, Dr. Bobble and Ole Miss players – Jennings Hardy, Matt, even Sarling, Keaton's tenure. Um, so we mentioned the penalties there. Rush yards overall, Ole Miss just a tick under 300 rush yards. Uh, Georgia Tech with 167 uh, pass yards, 310. Georgia actually outpassed them, uh, 477 yards. Let's start talking about the offense here. This is um, – well, let's just start talking about this. The idea that – I know we've had some comments about this. The idea that Ole Miss ran up the score in, in this game. Um, you know, look, a lot of people don't like Lane Kiffin. A lot of people don't appreciate the – the the um the way that he carries himself, I guess you could say. I guess that's the the problem folks have with him. I, I necessarily don't. You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily do, I should say. Like it doesn't bother me. Uh, I think the brashness at a place, and, and Ralph can attest to this, at a place like Ole Miss, that's a middle tier SEC program year in, year out, especially when it comes to finance. And exactly, Ralph right there running up the scores what Oklahoma did to Arkansas State in week one. That that is something to me where you just don't uh, – do we have any penalties, CJ? No. No, you had no penalties. No penalties, which is fantastic, by the way. It's it's fantastic. We're going to get to these questions towards the end. Um, don't want to run out of the score. Stop them. Devon, heck of a response there, my brand, my friend, my brother, my brother in Christ. Uh, Devon Dixon there with a fantastic ass. The alcohol was overpriced. I was a 60-year-old, and he made me pay for his disease. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, All together, look, I mean, old – Ole Miss didn't run up the score. Brent Key is a competitor. And I'll tell you this one, folks. I'll tell you this, too. If Georgia Tech goes on the road and plays when next weekend and they blow out Wake Forest, which I will tell you right now, I, I'm more than capable think that they can do that. I do not think Wake Forest is a good football team three weeks in. And I think Georgia Tech offensively can move the ball against a Wake Forest team with some consistency. If Brent Key and Georgia Tech were in these in these situations, you wouldn't feel bad about it. You feel bad about it because it happened to your team and it's another and it's another coach with a brashness. But Brent Key, if he ever gets the chance to, he will run up the score against Georgia. He will run up a score against Clemson. He will run up a score, or if that's what you're going to call it. So I, I will say that right there. Um, the second thing, from the discipline standpoint, love the fact there were no penalties, but I do have an issue with the tackling. Uh, the tackling, in, in my opinion was uh, just poor, just poor poor effort in, in tackling. We saw a lot of guys try to, you know, just bounce off guys, or they ended up bouncing off trying to go for the big hits with the shoulder. I uh, didn't love that. I think that that's something where you got to be able to wrap up, especially in a game, folks. This game was 10-3 to at halftime. Final score was 48-23. to 
And if I'm not mistaken, I'm doing math real quick, 37 points scored in the fourth quarter. So, you know, this is one of those things where I think defensively, um, you got to look, you got to go back to the drawing board. You know, Andrew Thacker, uh, you can no longer live under the guise that is you were being controlled. Uh, when you kind of look at some of these numbers, you know, uh, yeah, of course, average yards per play was kind of inflated maybe towards the end, but I still think it sits around seven or eight yards. I mean, this is a this is an Ole Miss team that it felt it felt like when they needed to get a big play, they were able to get to, to it. Tackling is an issue with the position coaches. I mean, it, it can be individually, but like overall, I think that you have to be you, you have to you have to just be more sound in in that. So. Let's talk a little bit offensively here. Haynes King finishes. We're going to go through these stats. 28 of 41, 310 yards, two touchdowns, a 68% completion rate, 147.9 quarterback rating. Uh, Rushing-wise, Jamal Haynes continues to be a guy that I just – you can't not have Jamal Haynes on the football field for, for Georgia Tech. He is just electric in what he can do. Tackers just football 101. Wrap up. Hold on. Don't use your shoulder. Wrap there with the comments. Trey Cooley, 13 carries, 51 yards. Jamal Haynes, 19 carries, 72 yards. King Haynes King – 14 carries, 42 yards. I really like the balance that we saw out of the Georgia Tech run game in that. And then receiving-wise, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Singleton Jr. is the most electric wide receiver and the best God-given talent receiver on this roster. Uh, I don't care what you say, but this kid is unbelievable. Even the catches, and I texted Ralph this towards the end of the game, the catch right before the touchdown to Avery Boyd, where he was out of bounds, but he made the catch over the top of the cornerback. Like, this kid is a true freshman and making plays like that. This is not a uh, – th- th- for, listen, for me, this is not an example of a guy that I think you can let leave. You're going to have to um, – they're going to have to do that. I see this right here, Montega. I was, I'm sorry, 24 in the, in the fourth quarter, Montega. I'm meaning combined between both teams. Georgia Tech scored 13. The single team is good, and that was absolutely my text to Ralph. Five receptions, 97 yards, a 51-yard gainer that Haynes King did uh, under throw but 11 targets. So, look, Chase Lane, not available. We know where Georgia Tech's going for that big play. So, I like that as well. Let's talk offensively here uh, about the group as a whole. Where do, where does this group go? What can they do, uh, you know, g- going, going forward? Look, Ole Miss is a good football team. Ole Miss is going to challenge for a spot in Atlanta in the SEC West. I do believe – Holy cow. I got to break this news real quick, Ralph. Just got a text from one of my buddies. This is absolutely hilarious. So we're going to pause this for a second. Arkansas State tonight beat an FCS team. Butch Jones, as he walked off the podium, goes. And then the next thing says, whatever. Does anyone know the score of the Tennessee game? Oh, don't worry. I already know. Butch Jones throwing lasers out there on a Saturday night. Don't think I was supposed to say that, but our buddy will forgive me. All right, let's get back to this game. 48 to 23. Uh, my preseason, my my preseason prediction was around uh, a 17-18, yes, a 17-18 point loss. And I believe that last touchdown, if my math's correct, pushed Ole Miss into the cover as well. The Rebels able to cover this game 48-23, 25-point win. So wasn't that bad? Like, I think Georgia Tech played a good football game offensively. I think that you have an identity offensively of what you want to do, and why, like we've talked about, you have an identity in what you're trying to do. Like, 
this team is growing into the offense of identity that Chris Winkie, Britt Key, and Buster Faulkner want. Do they have all the pieces? No, they don't have all the pieces up front. You have a quarterback, guys, that he's the guy, like hands down, Haynes King's the guy. Like it's not a conversation. It's not uh, any doubt. But you've you've got to you you've got to be able to understand that this team is growing, and there's going to be growing pains that come along with that. Uh, Georgia Tech, in, in this sense, has to be able to. Un, and I think fans have to understand this too. Like there was little to no development all around over the past couple of years. I, I think that you have to understand you had to have a quarterback. Well, you got a quarterback that's aware. You have a quarterback that is understands the game, and also let's just be honest: a quarterback that has played in big time environments and understands what goes along with that. Like Georgia Tech is not in this football game in the fourth quarter because this game was what Ralph it was twenty four to seventeen in the fourth quarter. Like the, Georgia Tech's not in this game if you don't have Haynes King at quarterback because the way he carries himself in those moments. Now, are there things that he needs to clear clean up and does and what? I'm saying does not mean that he is free of all criticism. No, and I think he would tell you the same thing. Brink, he would tell you the same thing too. He is your quarterback. Now, outside of that, you have a kid, Jamal Haynes, that I think you've just kind of struck gold with, moving him from receiver to, to running back and finding a guy that is uh, a gadget player. But I, 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 I look, I just sit here and I believe that he's kind of a, a nice piece there. Trey Cooley, we had some comments in the Discord about how he has zero vision. How about the fact that Ole Miss adjusted? And there's 11 other players on the side of the football that are trying to beat you and do that. And once again, I don't think you have all the pieces up front that you need to be able to accurately, accurately, and efficiently run this offense. It's going to be a growing pain. But look, folks, and I see some of the comments, old-timers have a hard time. We haven't had pieces in like eight years. Yeah, I get all that. And we don't need to hash out. There's no reason to have a conversation about whether you know the triple option. We're done with that. We're in 2023, and this is what this Georgia Tech team is. They are a growing team with viable pieces that can be a part of this future of this program. Eric Singleton Jr. is one of those guys. Haynes King is one of those guys. Like guys that are going to grow into roles here in Atlanta that – could set you up for an ACC uh, contention. Like I don't. When you look at the ACC outside of the outside of your Florida State, and I know they play Boston College really close, and we'll get to that in a second. But outside of your 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 Boston College game, like Florida State's up there. Uh, you know Miami may be up there a little bit. We'll see North Carolina, but like you're not that far off. And you just gotta. You have to be able to mature in these moments. You got a lot of young guys that haven't really had to be able to do that. So. I, I think that that was a big thing, kind of understanding going into this game. This 48-23 to 23 does not show how close of a game this, this really was. It doesn't show the fact that this game was competitive. Georgia Tech was in it. Now, execution. This is exactly – this played out exactly how I think I did, thought it would, and then Ralph as well. And Ralph and Will said the same thing. Georgia Tech has the talent and the execution and the ability to be able to – Hang around, appreciate you, Dr. Bob, to hang around for an extended period of time, compete, not just hang around, but be competitive, and 
and, and put a fear into Ole Miss. Like, I think Ole Miss fans in the fourth quarter are like, holy cow, like, if we don't move the ball in this drive, Georgia Tech scored touchdowns on their last two. Like, that was a moment in that game. So let's just take a step back away from the final score, and let's realize that. So offensively, you've got to be able to consistently hit on big plays. And I want to speak to this, too, because there's a lot of conversation about why are we just throwing these swing passes and these screen passes? Well, one, you can't just sit back and you can't just launch the ball 30 yards down the field. This isn't Madden. This isn't NCAA 14. You can't do that because what they'll start to do is they'll just start to drop back. The problem was is that up until they really started to get Eric Singleton involved, your deep down the field threat and Chase Lane was no was not in the game. So now Ole Miss knows we haven't seen them have a guy that could really take the top off of a defense, so we're going to sit on these underneath routes. We're going to sit on these hook routes, these curl routes, these flat routes, You know, all these out routes, because we know they're not going to beat us over the top. You go back to the goal line situation where they threw to Eric Singleton in the corner of the end zone on fourth down. It's things like that that be able to do that. And you're going to have to kind of figure that out as you go along. It's just one of, it's just one of those things that I think you have to do. A great stat that Ralph just put up here, um, and I think, yeah, he just put up here, Haynes King tonight, 25 for 35. Ralph, I think I'm reading this right. 25 for 35 for passes between 5 and 15 yards. Yes, well, the 5 to 15 plus yards. It's, yes. The stat line is medium passing, so it's five to like fifteen yards, and so yeah. he was thirteen to twenty for medium passing, and then twelve to fifteen for short passing. It's not bad. Ralph stats and info right there showing his face on the stream. So all of this thing is is that you're in the right place offensively. Okay, now we're going to talk about defense here in a sec. Offensively, you got an identity. You know exactly what you. You know, you you think you want to be, you're working and you're building towards that. The next recruiting class is going to help you get there. Guys like Kobe Young that are going to be stars, I think, in this offense. All of these things, this is what's going to happen. Uh, Zach Garrison, whoever said that this is the Clemson game last year is right. Same feeling. I don't think you could be more wrong. Like, I genuinely don't even think you could be more wrong in in, in that statement. And that's fine. That That is what it is. But it, I just I just completely don't agree with that. So offensively, I think that you, you're building to what you want to be. Now, defensively, this is – this for me, coming into the season, the secondary was talked about being a group, and I want to read you something that was sent to me tonight uh, that is, I think is very, very interesting. Secondary for me has – coming into this game hadn't really been tested a lot. You go back to the Louisville game – uh, you go back, you know, they really didn't test you down the field as much. We know in the second half they used Jamari Thrash that you showed you couldn't really tackle uh, very well. But you go back to this. The run game at Louisville averaged 6.7 yards per carry in the opener uh, with a few explosive runs. Last season, last week you played South Carolina State, and it felt like, um, you know, you just couldn't – it's a weird sample of a game. The secondary has not been tested a lot coming into this game, was what I was told. Uh, last year, you have KJ Wallace. You got guys like Lamiles Brooks, Jalen King, Clayton Powell Lee. Like, I still think they got to figure out who's going to start back there. I think that you've got, after what I watched tonight against Louisville, this team is miles better than anything I watched last season. Overall, a better team, but has holes. Thank you, Ralph. All of this to say is secondary wise, you got to figure out who's going to start at safety. 
And you got to be able to have a legitimate rotation with, with some of these folks. Uh, so is it going to be LaMiles Brooks and Clayton Powell Lee, or is it going to be LaMiles Brooks and, you know, uh, Dr. Bob, yeah, make sure you get your question in. Ralph will, Ralph will star once you do it. Uh, you know, I, once I say we're taking questions, that's when we'll go questions. This live stream's off off the chain, but that's completely fine. I enjoy it. And people are going to be listening to podcasts for them and thinking, what the heck's going on? So defensively, it was just, look, you knew, let, let's just say this. Let's get to this. Secondary-wise, you kind of got to figure that out. Cornerback-wise, you know, you got Spider Sims. You got, um, you know, Amari Harvey as well. You've got Kenan Johnson who, who missed time during fall camp. You, know, you also got a guy in Kenyatta Watson the second that supposedly had a really, really good fall camp but, like, hasn't seen really a ton of playing time. That's going to be – you know, I don't really know. But I think that you've got to be able to go back to the drawing board and kind of have an open kind of conversation about, like, what are we going to do you know, defensively, like, like, what is it going to look like on the back end? Now, up front, I was concerned about the linebackers in this full football game. I was concerned about the defensive line. I think we saw nice things from Daquan Dallas. I think that we saw, you know, nice things from uh, Zeke Biggers at times. You once again, you're still growing up front. So personnel wise, you're not where you want to be defensively. Um, and I'm not talking about the coaching. We'll get to that in a second. You're not where you want to be and what you're trying to run efficiently just defensively. They just don't have they don't have the dudes to be able to play with Ole Miss for 60 minutes. Now, can they go play with Wake Forest for 60 minutes and beat them? Yeah, they can, but that's a different caliber of competition. So I just don't think that they have that. Second here, the coaching of the scheme. I said it earlier, but you kind of have to understand Lane Kiffin is one of the best offensive minds in the country. When you talk about a guy that can creatively get guys open, can scheme things up, and let's just be honest, took a program that was, we are going to ground and pound in Alabama, and said, we're just going to reinvent the whole thing here in Tuscaloosa, and, and started a new era of a dynasty with championships. Like, this is a guy who can scheme athletes open. And that's what he did in this football game. He understands his quarterback, Jackson Dart, ran for 136 yards and two touchdowns, threw for 251. All of this to say is that's a really good offense that you just lost to. Now, if you're giving up 48 points next weekend to Wake Forest, that's a problem. I'm not trying to give us, you know, an escape to this defense. I think that you you got to tackle better. You got to play gap assignment sound football, and it's two things they just didn't do tonight. When you don't do that against good football teams, it's going to hurt you. When you don't do it against football teams that have really, really smart offensive coaching staffs and guys that understand how to really go into different things and, and say, we can look at this defense, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, it's consistent. That's what they're doing. They're being consistent and getting guys open and hitting on those things in execution. So I think offensively, you know, Ulysses Bentley, uh, 16 or six carries, 61 yards. You know, Quinshawn Judkins, they did a good job of bottling him up, honestly. 13 carries for 37 yards. You know, uh, Judkins had two catches for 27 yards. You know, Ralph says, and I sit in the same category of Judkins, is probably one of the best backs in the country. And he's just been relatively quiet this season. And so give credit schematically for being able to, to do that. It, it, I think that that's going to be something going forward that you're going to have to sit there and say, that's just a really good offense. And we're just not quite there. Like, we're just not quite there. You've got guys 
you got pieces, you just don't have a full 11 that can go out there and execute at a high level consistently. And that's that's not that's just not who Georgia Tech was. And it should not have been surprising to anyone coming into this game that this was going to happen. Uh, to me, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily surprised that Ole Miss was able to pull away in that fourth quarter. Now, does it not make it disappointing? 110%. That there's a difference between being disappointed and being caught off guard and caught off guard. So I, I just think altogether, I think that this offense for Ole Miss is a really, really good when they took advantage of a group that is not as good as we thought it was. Secondary is probably not as good as we thought they were in the execution level. Miles Brooks has been battling some injuries. You know, is he 110 uh, percent? Jalen King, you know, what does that kind of look like? What, what do all these things look like? It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, special teams wise, your punter gets hurt. Let's talk about coaching. Why are you going for it on fourth down at your own 25? Like, I don't care that your punter's hurt. Because effectively, you're just giving them a touchdown. Like to me, if you're giving Lane Kiffin the ball inside the 30 yard line, you're giving him a touchdown because that's what he does. And and now you've given him 25 yards to go find pay dirt. You, uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't think uh, I I don't I just I don't I don't get it. Um, I, I want to get to some of these comments. Let's just get to some of the comments and questions. Overall, kind of my thoughts on this. M- make sure you get your comments and questions in here. And we're going to go that. The first question of the night we're going to get to. Bryce, we're going to Raising Cane's. What do you want? Four chicken tenders, six chicken tenders. I want the sandwich. Don't sleep on the sandwich. Yeah, Ralph, don't sleep on the Raising Cane's sandwich. Yes, it's an actual thing. Three tenders on a bun. It's a thing. Let's let's get into some of the questions. Fire off your questions, what you want to know. Got a score coming out of halftime, set the tone. No doubt, Tony. I mean, you have to. That's what you're, you need to do. Tony, you hit the nail right on the head there. You definitely have to do that. Um, out coached Bryce, maybe I think so. Like I think, and I said this on on Thursday. This is going to be another tough learning experience for Brent Key and this staff. It's a young staff. It's a uh, in the sense of the guys calling plays. Now you've got some analysts, you've got some position coaches that have been around the game for a long time, but you really, really need to understand that this is a group that is uh, learning together, and they're going to take their lumps now. When, I mean, I hate to make the comparison, but I see people keep saying in the Discord, like, Kirby Smart lost to Vanderbilt in year one. Like, first-time head coaches are going to make mistakes. First-time, you know, head coaches are going to have mental lapses. Like, it's just part of it. And I guarantee you it's going to make you better, and I think that this loss makes you better for the rest of the season. I think that, you know, I'll say right now, I think they go on the road and win this weekend. Like, I, I think they go on the road to Wake Forest and win this weekend uh, because of what kind of what they have, so I, I just all of uh, all together, I think I think that the coaching uh, you got out coached in the Louisville game, you got out coached here, and it just gets better, more experienced coaches. Jeff Brown was a more experienced coach. Lane Kiffin's a dang good football coach. What you know, Alabama fans think that Pete Golding is, um, you know, Alabama thinks the fans that think that Pete Golding is hot trash. Tech fans made fun of him. The guy knows how to how to play deep, like how to play defense. Andrew takes learning. Andrew Thacker's still a young guy. Now, it is, I mean, you know, he's had a lot of time. It is what it is. Let's go to the next one right here. Uh, keep rolling with him. Andrew Scheibel, appreciate you, Andrew. I don't agree with all the Tech fans giving up hope. We should our offense can play against the big teams. Ole Miss is the second toughest team on our schedule. Andrew, I agree with your entire statement here. Second toughest team on the schedule? Yes. I don't think Clemson's better than Ole Miss. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, when you go back and look at this, like, yes, they weren't perfect. But, guys, 
you're talking about a team that has a true freshman in Eric Singleton, a brand new quarterback to the system. Like you're talking about a game where last year you weren't even relevant. You weren't relevant for the full 60 minutes. Now, fans might think that you were, you just weren't. You weren't relevant really at all last year until Brent Key took over and kind of then. So all of that to say is you just lost to a really, really good football team that you challenged for three and a half quarters. Like I feel like that, Ralph, you feel like that's a fair assessment to say you just challenged. And I'll say this too, because covering the SEC West now, watched a lot of the SEC West, you know, games. You just lost to a team that might make it to Atlanta. Like if they clean things up defensively, they can go win in Tuscaloosa next weekend. We all think that. I'm going to tell you one thing. They could beat LSU at home in two weeks. If you win those two games, who else are you losing to? A&M? I don't think so. Mississippi State? God knows what happens in that game. It's just nuts. So that's all I'm saying. You just lost to a really, really good football team. And Andrew has great perspective here. And it's the one I ask you to take. I ask you to take. We all want the same thing here. We all want this to be a team that goes and wins football games and goes and dominates. But what we have to understand is it is a process. It is very rare, and a team is playing right now that is in the midst of doing it. It is very rare to see a team turn around in one year and become amazing, become one of the top teams in the program. I don't think Colorado is one of the top teams in, or top teams in the country. I don't think that Colorado is one of the top teams in the country, but I'm saying that turnaround is not natural. What Brent Key is trying to do here is build sustainability and consistency. You're going to go through your lumps in the first couple of times, and this is one of those things. The, you, you know, that, that's, that, that's where I said. Great question, though. Great point there, Andrew. Devon, what stops us from taking the next step is consistency. When we have linemen that can consistently win their individual assignments, will improve significantly. Hands down. And if we're just talking about offensively, if we're just talking in the trenches, either offensively or defensively here, offensively, when you consistently win your assignments, you're going to open up running lanes. We saw Jamal Haynes be able to have some running lanes when they were consistent. Defensively, when you're winning your assignments, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to create chaos, create negative plays, create pressure. We saw glimpses of that. But these are not the same glimpses glimpses that we saw last four years. The last four years were like little little stars 500 million miles away in the sky that you just see flicker. You know, this was like, oh, here is a data point. Clip that right here. Here is a data point of what you can sit here and say, this is the team that this group can be. And now you can move towards that because you're not going to play anybody other than Georgia that's going to be as good as Ole Miss this season. I don't believe so. North Carolina offensively is probably pretty good. I don't think they're as good. I don't think Drake May's doing what Jackson Dart did. Jackson Dart's a dang good quarterback. Dang good quarterback. Multifaceted quarterback. But you know what? You got a good quarterback who's been in primetime situations. But I like your comments there, Devon. Let's keep going. Keep rolling with some of these comments. My main concern with the development, appreciate you, Adam, of the program is getting players locked in. We cannot lose Singleton to the portal. I think it's way too early to be talking about that. I think that Singleton's a guy that, uh, look, I mean, that's just going to be internally. you got to up the NIL opportunities with him. It's just the way college football is going. Uh, and you got to change with the times. So, you know, it is what it is. Ralph, make sure you start. Uh, love this. Justin Klingle. Bryce, when are you going to suit up for GT and get an NIT like you did? Or an, an NIT? I'm not going to get in the National Invitational Tournament. 
uh, in INT. That says INT. I know. That's what I was saying. I said not the NIT. You, I'm not, uh, I was making fun of myself. Get out of here. Um, tell me what to do. Go back to the basement. An INT like you did in high school. We'll see. We'll see. Next one. Let's keep it rolling. Bryce, I feel like Stansbury and Bobinski put us behind the eight ball key as a hard first 11 games. What value can be gained from having such a tough sledding early? Uh, Bond, Bob, I'm, I'm imagining you're talking about the scheduling. Look, I think that you are going to have to play the hand you're dealt. There's nothing you can do about this now. Um, you know, when you're a young team, it, it's this is it's it's a it's a catch twenty two because isn't it? You could sit here and you could say, well, you know what? We could have scheduled UAB for this game. We could have scheduled um, UL Monroe. We could have scheduled. You know, North Texas, FIU. We, we could have scheduled those teams, and we learned more about it. But I, I don't think there's any – like, I think that truly, even though you lose, I think you learned more about your team in this in this game. And what is this team to me? It's a team that has growing pains, that's got some young stars that can be developed, but they got growing pains. A young head coach who hasn't done this before and needs to work through the kinks. That's when I think you learn more in these losses. So if that's if that's valuable to you, I'm like a lot of people don't care, and a lot of people are just result oriented and they're not process oriented. I think if you're going to be a Georgia Tech fan, you got to stay process oriented. You can't just be result oriented because the results are not necessarily going to come this season in the way some people think. It's a process. Staying process oriented is going to yield much better results down the road. And I think that's you know where they're going to go into this. Let's keep it rolling here, Ralph, as we kind of round out. we got got about 10 more minutes or so before we get out of here. Is Malik Rutherford a star for us? Played well. Rutherford finished with four catches, 34 yards. I mean, look, I think when you look at Singleton, Leary, and Rutherford, all with at least four catches, Singleton with 97 yards, Leary with 64, Rutherford with 34, it's all guys um, – it's all it's all guys that I think are going to to get that. You know, I think they're going to get there. I do, I do, I do. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep it rolling. How the heck does a chain break three times in a quarter? Someone explain that to me. And I agree with the broadcasters. Tom Hart on the call tonight, they were making jokes about the fact in Jordan Rodgers that, like, we've advanced so much in technology in college football, but we can't figure out that like it's kind of nuts. Uh, let's get to the next ones here, Ralph. And I went ahead and start, um, went ahead and started honest question. Do you think Brent key is just being out coached? He's the first year head coach. I'm noticing things just, just get worse in the second half every single time. Um, Justin, so this is great question. And, and I think it's, it's a realistic question too. I think that he is getting out coached, but I also think, that these teams are probably just better than you. And better teams, nine out of ten times on paper, are going to execute better. They're going to do a good job of doing what they need to do, which is just another term for execution, and they're going to beat you. And I, I just think it's what happened in this game. Like, I just – I think it's a combination of maybe getting out coaching some things, trying to get too smart for yourself. But then I also think it's a combination of being able to say, look, you know – that's just a way better football team than us. Like, I don't know a grading scale that you would have to say, you know, if you're talking about like on a, you know, one to a hundred and a zero to a hundred grading scale. Like, I think, I think Ole Miss is probably like a B plus team. 
I don't know. Like that's just kind of where I sit. I think almost like a B plus team. And I think Georgia Tech is teetering on the fact of like a C plus or a B minus team right now. Like I don't think that they are 110% in a bowl game this season quite yet. I think that there's definitely a path. There's definitely a path. There's a path to seven wins if you really look at it with how weak the ACC is. But all of these things to say is I do really believe and I do think that it's going to get better. It's got to be a process. And you just got to learn these things. There's no other way to learn these things by other than going through them. Every single great college football coach has done that. And some Georgia fans, some Clemson fans are going to clip that or see that and say, see what I just said and say, well, he's going to say they're going to be the next powerhouse program. No, I'm not. But to be a good football coach, you have to have the proving ground somewhere. And look, I will say this too. For all the folks that wanted Brent Key to be the head coach, if you thought he was just going to walk in and everything was going to be fixed automatically, like he didn't even think that. Like he didn't even think that. That's not realistic. And that's not a knock against them hiring Brent Key. But I'm just sitting here saying it's one of those things. It just wasn't going to be fixed from day one. Like everyone has to learn program wide. And that's kind of what happened. Let's go to the next uh, comment by Justin. Appreciate it. That's a great, a great comment, great question. As much as it hurts to think tech will be better in the long run for how this loss went. Um, I feel great about our offense or changing down the stretch. That was the second hardest game of the season. Uh, one, once again, 110% agree, Andrew. Uh, and, and thank you for your comment. I, I do agree with that as well. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. I know we got a couple more. Do you think we won't still have a shot of bowl game if we lose to Wake Forest next week? No, I think that's a must-win game for a bowl game. Uh, you look at this schedule, and I was texting with someone close to the program before we got on the show tonight, kind of in the middle between the game running out the clock and that. And let me pull up the schedule here next to me on my monitor. But this is where I sit with it. You've got – and I don't think I'm crazy for saying this. And other guys will make fun of me on the show Monday night if they think I am. You got to go to Wake Forest. Let's say you win that one. That's two wins. You go to Bowling Green, or you play at home against Bowling Green. You play at Miami. I think you lose that one. That's just me. But you got Boston College, Virginia, and Syracuse. Wake, or you already got one win. Wake, Bowling Green, Boston College, Virginia, Syracuse. That's six. Can you beat North Carolina? Yeah, you can beat North Carolina. Could you beat Clemson? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, so I think there is. I think there is. Let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling here. Uh, can our defense improve this season or are we just going to suck for the rest of the year? No, it's week three. Like, <laughs> that's something, too. It's still so early in the season. And I don't under. This is where I think you just have to take a step back. Because you have to understand, this team has played fringe top 25 teams I'll say you played a top 20 team, maybe a top 15 team in Ole Miss, and you've played a fringe – you played like a top 40 team in Louisville in the first three weeks. Not a lot of other programs have done that, and you were going to kind of take a beating. All that to say is I think that, you know, um, altogether, I think this defense can improve. Like, it definitely can. I can't tell you that it will, but I think it definitely can. But you were just tested by some really good teams. Um, I think this team can handle most of the ACCs, but they continue to improve. They can hang with FSU, UNC, Clemson. I don't see them hanging with Florida State. Um, I think that game was an anomaly, being a noon kickoff. I think Boston College caught Florida State. Boston College is obviously very amped up. You know, um, with them, with Boston College honoring um, 
you know, someone with special jerseys, very emotional day up there. And I think they're able to get that UNC, I think you can beat, and I think you beat Clemson. Like, I don't think, I don't know what Clemson has showed anybody to think that Georgia Tank can't go up there and beat them. I, I mean, I just don't think they do. Clemson's just kind of vanilla offensively for me. Let's keep it rolling here. A couple more questions before we get out of here. Are there any players on defense that you'd like to see have more expanded roles or see the field? Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Mockingbird, appreciate you so much. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Great time right now. We got 73 people watching live. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love that. Like this video and make sure you subscribe. Completely free, but 67% of the people who watch our channel aren't even subscribed. And it's completely free. It does nothing. It just helps us. That's all it does. Costs nothing. It just helps us. Just do it. It's not that hard. Um, are there any players? Yeah, I mean, if if what was said is true about guys like Kenyatta Watson being better in fall camp, once again, I don't know. I mean, I think that he could be um, offensive, defensively as well. I don't know. I mean, we saw Kyle Effort in their late – uh, I think linebacker, you know, Paul Moala, I think is a guy that I think it could be really special in this group, but it'll be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Eth, this is this might be the most common sense comment of the evening as we get ready. Ethan McKinney is a true freshman left tackle. He's a microcosm of the team. Young, learning, making mistakes, but tremendous upside and getting better. Yes. Like this is nail on the head exactly where this program is. Young, you're going to make some dumb mistakes. You're going to do some things that you haven't experienced before because you haven't been there before. Brent Key has never been a head coach. Yeah, well, he's been this, he's been this, he's been this. Yeah, I get that. But he's never been the head coach, the guy, the CEO of a program. He's never been that. And so it's new. You're going to have growing pains. It's just, it just is what it is. Buster Faulkner hasn't sat in the play calling chair in a while. He's going to have to warm up to it. So that's what I think. A couple more questions here, Ralph, before we get up. I'm going to get ready to do this. There's a lot of people who don't like moral victories, which is what went wrong with our fan base. We aren't Bama, UGA, Ohio State, and this is a process. Hands down, Zach. Hands down. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Let's keep it rolling. A couple more. What do you think about the five-point yard, four yards play on offense? That I think it will hold up against some weaker defense. I just joined, sadly. Well, appreciate you joining, AJ. I do appreciate you joining. Uh, you go back to that 5.4 yards per play. I mean, I don't think Ole Miss has a crazy, amazing defense. But I just, once again, I don't know what defense you're facing that is going to be crazy this year. I think Georgia's obviously – I mean, Georgia's got a top-10 defense, it feels like. Um, I think that you've also got some defenses. I mean, Clemson's got a good defense. It just comes up down to their offense. Uh, but, I, I mean, overall, yeah, I think that – if you're averaging 5.4 yards of play on offense, you're probably going to win a football game. You just You just ran into an offensive juggernaut tonight. Just is what it is. It's just football, and that, that's what happened. Well, let's keep it rolling here. A couple more, Ralph. I don't know how many more you got in there. Is this the last one? Last one here. The last question we'll take here. Uh, why is our offense play call so passive or stupidly aggressive in the second half? We ran the ball three straight times down seventeen. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's a uh, that's a gen, that's like that's a real question. It is. Here's what I'll say to the play calling, and I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. For the folks wanting you just to drop back, five-step drop, and just yank it down the field and just just air it out. Like, once again, this isn't Madden. This isn't NCAA. You can't do that. 
You can't do that because it's not. You have to have a plan offensively. This isn't backyard football. Now it's felt like Georgia Tech has played backyard football for the past four seasons with the kind of scheme they've had, but that's not what this group's trying to do. You're trying to have a plan and purpose. So you have to you you have to stubbornly and Brent Key's a stubborn guy. You've got to stubbornly be able to establish the run at times to be able to set up the pass. I think it's what makes Haynes King in this offense dynamic is when he can work off that play action. So you have to do that. I just don't think that this offense is going to be super consistently effective if he's just five-step dropping or in the shotgun dropping back and launching the ball down the field. I just I don't see it. I don't see where you find consistent success. And I'll even argue your point in this. There's very few teams in the country that can do that. And they're probably all playing in the back Pac-12. Like, it's just not something that you can really, really do. That, that's that's So the play calling, they're going to continue to run these screen passes, getting athletes out in, space, out in space, using yards after catch. Because you've got to give the defense different looks. So one, they either don't stack the box if you keep running it, or they don't just drop back eight, and now Haynes King is playing seven on seven trying to find open lanes with a defensive line in front of them. Also, the offensive line's got to block better. We'll take a look at some of the grades. Injuries, Bryce, I mean, Tony, don't know the specifics obviously yet, but I mean, I think it's something that, uh, you know, Dog says here later on, it's uh, it's one of those things that, it's midnight, by the way. We need to get out of here. Uh, what's up with all the injuries? Going to be very interesting to monitor. Uh, they had a lot of them, nicks and cuts. This team doesn't have the depth to withstand them and win a football game like this. I think that also goes as well. Tony let us out. Good night, Bryce, he says. Thank you for listening to the GDT fan base. It's midnight. Thank you, Grandaboo, for the Drew Tech coverage. As always, look, folks, live reaction show just tonight. Happened to be home. Got to watch the end of the game. But typically, we'll be Sunday nights, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, reacting. Not tomorrow, though. No show tomorrow night. And then, obviously, Thursday night's previewing that upcoming matchup. We might sprinkle in a couple of recorded episodes within the week. Make sure next time we're going to be live, College Football Week 3 recap. We're going to talk about this game. I'm going to get the uh, other folks and Ralph and Will involved, what their thought on the game, because this was a pivotal Week 3 football game. And I'm going to go watch the end of this Colorado game. Zach Garrison says it right there. Like the stream, people. We wrap it up right here. We wrap it up right here before we get it out. It's a process. You got to be process oriented. You can't be results oriented, and you can't just always look at that. It doesn't tell the full picture. This you're in a bunch much better place. I understand you may not like moral victories, but with where this program has come from, you've dug yourself out of a nice little hole. Uh, you're not quite all the way out there yet, but you're starting to get to a spot where you're finding some consistency and you look like a competent program with a competent leader. Uh, 64 viewers. We are up to 72 at one time. Appreciate you so much for tuning in, everyone. Make sure to like the video. Shout out to Ralph in the background doing fantastic jobs. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Appreciate you. Make sure to like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Tune in Monday night, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, talking college football the week that was here in week number three. Not even quite over yet. See y'all next time. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The crowded booth is coming on. The crowded booth with Bryce.